Welcome to Marvel Did What, part of the Marvel Cinematic University umbrella. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Canton III, along with my other co-host, Stephanie Williams. Stephanie, considering everything that's happening, um, I'd ask how you are, (laughs) but I I just want to let you know I'm with you, I support you, and uh, we're here to support each other and have a good time. Absolutely. Wonderful. So... So the the issue that you chose um, off of the <laughs> off of the the Punisher when we did uh, the Punisher turning into a black dude, go check out that episode. A lot of fun stuff there um, on the last one. But um, the episode, I mean, the issue that you chose, uh, Captain America issues three eighty seven through three ninety two. So Steph, to just kind of get a uh, get an idea. Of, of what's happening with this issue. Captain America um, is kind of on a mission of sorts where he runs into uh, not only, not Modoc, Modam, and um, a wonderful, a very intriguing villain by the name of Superior going forward. And a lot of uh, chaos tends to ensue uh, as Cap tries to go save his woman. In this case, uh, so Steph, what led you to choosing these particular issues? So uh, I stumbled upon this story arc. Um, at first, I thought it was because I was reading the Captain America series, but that wasn't wholly true. I was actually doing research on uh, Nightshade uh, because I totally forgot when I reread this that she popped up, and I was like, "Oh wait, that's why I know about this because she's in this." So. Um, that is how I stumbled upon this book, uh, this like story arc, and it was just too good not to talk. I mean, to talk about, and not good in a way that it's amazing, but just <laughs> good because there are a ton of things to talk about. Um, a lot of which are pretty problematic. <laughs> yeah, to, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I think one of the th- one of the most important things that I took out of reading this. Um, while problematic, I think it it served as an interesting message, and really, in a lot of ways, an unintended message. Yeah, because um, I feel like they definitely were not trying to tell this particular story in the way that they set out for. I think they just wanted to be wild and rambunctious. But I think one of the 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 main points that i took out of it was to a to a lesser degree is that um how men look at women how men value women is something that when i read this i felt like you know this is a lot of aggrieved uh frustrated uh women and wanting to um basically you know not exactly rid the world of men per se but just to so basically, have women take over feminism being the ultimate priority, even though the uh, the methods that a superior goes about it are questionable to say the least. And I think what and it's funny because like all of these all of these uh, men and women topics are so uh, relevant, especially lately. To, uh, last week, uh, you had the whole Maria Taylor thing on social media with her putting Anthony Davis or well, her not putting Anthony Davis on the on the first uh, first all-NBA team. 
And even though he made the first All-NBA team anyway, it was an oversight-slash-mistake by her. Um, everybody went crazy because she's a black woman in sports. And it's, mm-hmm. a, and it's a thing, and it's always a thing, and it's always a, always a problem. And uh, this is kind of a sidebar, but I think it's, a, it's important to talk about because I was having a conversation with my brother about this. And, and you have to analyze the way that a lot of, a lot of men um, analyze or just have a lack of regard, lack of respect uh, for women, and then particularly black women in in uh, these in these areas. And I think the question that I asked last week, I just openly asked it. I was like, "Man, y'all, re- do y'all really hate women that much?" And I feel like it's it, it is is so prevalent not only in in real life but in in the way that these books are written and the way that they talk about uh, women and. It's like they're women are always either crazy slash mad slash angry slash um, in the wrong and, and things like that. So, you know, it's not it's not easy in the sense for me to understand it necessarily. But I feel like I've learned more and more uh, seeing what, how people treat women to the degree that they do. And it makes me realize that even just like even starting with me first, I wouldn't even say that I wouldn't even say that I'm I'm somebody who I, I feel like I do always treat women women with respect. But even in that, um, there's a lot of times where where uh, even men who do they kind of stay to themselves on the subject and they won't um, exactly speak out for somebody. And in this case. Uh, for Maria Taylor's example, it it was nice to see that her colleagues spoke out for her, and um, and those are the main people that are really involved in that. But I think in general, not enough people speak out for women, and I and and I and I emphasize black women too because they take care of us, they raise us, they clothe us, they feed us, they love us. All these things like really, really matter at the end of the day. And when it comes to the issues of racism and stuff, and we had the whole Breonna Taylor thing that you and I discussed before the show started, it really does make me, it makes me sad in a way because for women, uh, for women and black women in particular who are always standing up on the front line, always taking care of us, always doing what they have to do for us. And continually, us, uh, as a whole, as a majority, uh, failing them, really is something that needs to be thought about more, and mainly understood more. And when we talk about understanding these things, it isn't just a, oh yeah, I got it. No, it's seeing the, it's seeing what's happened over time, and history, and and it's funny how like something about a Captain America thing where he's where he's going after uh, Superia could make you think about these grand things in general, but it it really did. And then the stuff happening over the weekend uh, on so on social reminds you that it could be anybody who's in the crosshairs, and really for no reason. It's for mm-hmm. sports. It's for an award. That the guy won. 
and it didn't matter anyway. So like I just it it left me in a it left me in a place where I had to really like think even more about how how women are treated and how that's a and how that's a thing. So me as somebody who's just spoke spoken kind of rambled on for a couple of minutes about this, what do you, what do you make of that aspect? Uh particularly coming from the perspective of a black woman? Uh tired? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't even know what else to say. Just tired uh, <laughs> because time and time again, it's, you know, what have you done for us lately? Because we haven't done anything for you at all. So just tired, exhausted, angry, just so many things. Um, and it's just frustrating because it's like it's right there. You all can clearly see this, but. Mm-hmm. Even after we have these conversations or, you know, dialogue does begin, you know, maybe four or five days after it's done, it's back to the same old, same old. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I think it's important to recognize that. And this is like anything. This is anything. Mm -hmm. Um, when it, when it comes to something of importance that we get thrown into and then it becomes the, it becomes the topic that matters for the time being. And then it kind of gets, left off to the side like you mentioned um but i i don't like individually and and um i really do feel like it it does start with the individual so as somebody who sees that um i realize there are certain things that that i have to do um to to kind of understand things better and realize that that just because i don't treat people a certain way doesn't mean that i can't be even more of an advocate or even more of uh, somebody who can say something a part of I think the thing is you can always do more and right one of my one of my uh one of my favorite phrases is people can always do better but they ch- always choose not to and when they remind you that they always choose not to you act accordingly and I think with with all of these things you can do that and and maybe that you call more of these things out so that there can be some substantial changes. Because I think at the end of the day, human decency is where all of this starts and where all of this all gets lost um, is the main thing is that being decent as a human being um, is, is really the most important thing. So as I get off my soapbox on the topic and get back to the get back to the issue. I thought one of the one of the uh, more shocking things that that I read in this book as we get closer to uh, the the back half of the of the five issues was was Cap and uh, Paladin, who's an interesting character, very interesting character. He's a very it's like a swashbuckling dude, kind of cool, kind of cool, funny dude to be along with Cap and his uh, his buttoned up type of self, but um. Superior wanting to turn them both into women, I thought was just like, whoa! <laughs> this was interesting. Like, what did you make from that? <laughs> doing too damn much. Um, and we'll get to Superior, but like, this is the thing. Like, she reminded me of what it means when folks disguise their own alter- um, ulterior motives as the greater good for everyone else when it really isn't that. Um, you know, she just really wants the power trade off between the power that men have and then transferring that power to the women that she has selected. So 
in my eyes, I'm like, even if she's able to go through with these plans, the world is still going to be a shit show. Right. Yeah, and I think yeah, and I, and I think that's the grand scheme. There's always uh, people say that there's always a better way, and really, in fact, there is always a better way in some ways. Mm-hmm. Even though, but even though, like, it doesn't necessarily seem that way. But I think it kind of it speaks to a frustration that she has with men in general. And she's like, I can completely do without these people. But I think what was interesting was um, the rest of the women in there. Um, really seeing that happen and their reactions toward it as opposed to like like wanting to go along with superior they were like eh, i don't know if this is the best way and we're talking about villains <laughs> right <laughs> and you know what i love a girl gang like i love people doing crime or whatever um but in this case i was like like can y'all just keep it to the crime like do we have to do this mass sterilization because that is also relevant uh, right now unfortunately it's always yeah. relevant in this country so again every single time I was like almost on board with what was like going on there was something that you know happened and flared up and like oh wait no this is actually pretty shitty <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you can they do the can they do the story in in, in actual television or film? <laughs> yes. Um, I do think that they could um, if they tweak some things because um, the story in itself is not a bad one at all. Um, I like the, the flipping and just showing that, hey, just because you get rid of one problem doesn't mean that another problem isn't going to step into its place and things will be better because this is pretty much what she has in mind. So I think that there is a compelling story that could be told. It could be centered around white feminism um, because a lot of her rhetoric was Mm -hmm. uh, kind of very aligned with that. Even though, to her credit, I will say at least she did have um, what looked like a rainbow coalition of (laughs) super uh, female supervillains. So um, kudos to her on that. But I think it. I think it would work as a short series, or if it were to be injected into a show that is already going or right. is supposed to happen. Um, maybe I don't know. Uh, Captain America and Winter Falcon. Um, no, Winter Falcon. Wow. Shout I just out made to Winter Falcon. One. That's a great name. <laughs> I just made a. <laughs> I just made a new one, but this could definitely be a story arc that either we see on screen or on television. Yeah, because I think it, it plays into a lot of the. A lot of the not only politics but just general conversations that we have about men and women in in today. Um, I wanted to put Captain America on the couch for a little bit. What did you think of how um, he's not only written here but just his character in general? I know we've talked before about how he's used as a symbol of propaganda, um, but just this overall Steve Rogers as. As just a, as a person, well, how do you think they write him not only here but just in general? He reminds me of Hank Hill, um, and by that I mean, <laughs> as I watch a lot of King of the Hill, so he is trying his best and he means well, um, but he has a very uh, narrow way of thinking sometimes, mm-hmm. and it like shows. And I get why he's written that way. You know, he was frozen at a certain point in time and brought back into the, you know, present day. 
So he still sounds very old timey in that way or whatever. But, um, you know, never do I think that Captain America is doing something intentionally to harm someone in the same way where I'm watching King of the Hill and I don't think Hank is ever doing anything to intentionally harm someone. But when a problem is called to their attention, they at least interrogate it just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's funny looking at the way that he's portrayed. Um, And I actually thought that Marvel did a good job portraying him um, and his character as time went along. Um, He started off as basically the straight man who is just on this path and that's it. Uh, Save the country. Simple, just trying to be the hero. But I think as... uh, I think starting in the Avengers with the whole stuff with S.H.I.E.L.D. and keeping secrets and stuff like that. And um, and the Winter Soldier movie, you saw you saw a little bit more of a change and you saw some things change uh, personally with that character. And it definitely evolved as uh, time went on as we went to Civil War and, and his arc in Infinity War and Endgame uh, was really, really interesting as... Um, you know he find he, he made he made a different choice um, than I think the Cap in the comics would have. He went oh, and, absolutely. He, he went after his woman and got his woman at the end and had the happy ending. I think this Cap in the comic books um, is just basically focused on the mission, always on the mission, and being a man out of time. He just continues to be that way, and that's where like. I do give credit to Marvel for the way that they wrote. And, uh, of course, Chris Evans doing a great job with with the character in general. Now, let's kind of break down uh, Superior. Because she's a very fascinating uh, villain. I was was digging what she was doing in this. What about you? I did, too. Like, it was just very um, cliche in a supervillain type of way. Where you have this mask and plan. And you end up not being able to go forth with it because you brought on someone that you like you didn't you didn't take into account and you did not give Cap enough credit. Um so I loved her in that way that she was just very very classic supervillain um and her plans or whatever were to me would be the same thing that if there was a male supervillain or whatever. So um I enjoyed her in that way. And also like she was very sure of herself, which is scary. <laughs> because whenever someone has these, you know, these mass crazy plans, but they're also very sure of themselves, that means that they are very, very, very dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that was even mentioned in the book where uh, one of the ladies was like, man, she's really like she has the courage of her convictions. And and that's like anybody like that, you have to be you have to be wary of you have to treat them not only as a. Uh, treat them with respect, but but as a threat in a way, because they're going to be willing to do anything for their cause. And she certainly was in this. And I always, I really found her, I found her so, so fun and so strong. Um, even as a, even as a villain, like you look at the way that she did things and as extreme as they were, at what she was intending to do. Um, I, I dug it. I, I really did. I thought it was really cool. It, and, and sometimes, like, you, you, you like to see that. And it was interesting watching her and Cap go at it at the end. Uh, that was a nice fight. And she and she got away. That was the other cool thing. She You know, she didn't she didn't uh, go to jail or anything like that. She got away for, 
for for something better. Now I have to ask. I have to certainly ask about the Modam uh, appearance in this. What what did you think of not only the way that uh, Modam looked, but her her very strong personality in this? I thought it was fun. Um, weird, of course, but definitely <laughs> fun. And Modam or Modoc um, are two uh, villains that I would like to see on the big screen just because it's very, it gives me Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I think of Krang. Krang, shout out to Krang. <laughs> and like, um, because like that's always been like uh, my reference for that character, but I, I thought that she was enjoyable in this. I mean, all of the female villains in this were enjoyable. The story in itself no matter how problematic, was also enjoyable because it's just this classic, again, supervillain type of plan that ends up getting foiled because the villain's um, hubris gets in the way. Yeah, and it's funny to and it's funny to have the the parallels of hubris because not only the villains have the hubris, but I think Cap has hubris too. Oh I mean, yes, it's like a it's just amazing. Like this is going to work out this way all the time. And um, it's never that simple when it comes to things. I think the shades of gray aspect to Cap in in the books can always be done um, done a little bit better. Now, um, speaking of shades of gray, not to cut you off, but yeah, um, there's this weird, interesting thing that happens quite a lot in these older comics uh, where the black characters end up looking ashy for a couple pages. Um, cause there are, yeah, um, there are a couple folks who are black, but their skin is like this ash and gray. Okay. I see it. I have one. I pulled up one right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to point that out. I I need to start making a tally of this every time it happens because it almost always happens when I'm doing deep dives and it is just very interesting phenomenon. I think somebody talked about it on Twitter once, but it's just always interesting to me how black character black black characters can never be colored consistently. That is it's so re- weird. Yeah, as see as I look at this now, it's like so it's black, but it's not black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's definitely more to that than uh than than meets the eye for sure. Oh yeah. Um so if you were writing this is there a twist that you would put on it? Is there something that you would add to it? Is there something that you would take out? Um, actually, what I would do for this story is I would like it to be a what if. So what if her plans actually did go the way that she wanted to have did not stop her. And we got the world that she was trying to get where outside of the 10,000 women that she had within that force field, all the other ones... Um, would be sterilized so I'm wondering like what does that world look like um you know where do mutants fit in where do the Avengers fit in like how are they going about you know fighting this or taking care of it so I would like to see the aftermath of if she um if her plan succeeded I want to see that what if (laughs) that would actually be interesting no like I think there's some really cool things that could be done um with that story to just kind of further the point that hey you know, just because you swap out a face or you swap out genitals or whatever on someone who is, <laughs> no, because like that's yeah. essentially what it is. Like if right. you do that, then nothing actually changes if the system itself, if they're just replicating the same system. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because she wants to swap out genitals. That's what she. And that's like focus, like low key or high key, um, (laughs) transphobic in a way because of the treatment of Cap and. um, Oh my God, I always want to call him Paladin. Don't ask me why. I don't even Uh, know if that's. I don't even know if Paladin is the right way to say it. I'm not sure. This is the first time I've ever seen this character. Listen, I've been (laughs) saying. Krakoa wrong for a while now. I've been saying Krakow just because in my mind that's, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. So anyway, but uh, to go back to the book, yeah, um, I just thought that was just so that showed me that she was that committed that she was willing to do that. And it's just so weird in a way because like what? And someone says like, hey, what is your beef with men? Did you not get asked to see your prom? And it was like really rude. <laughs> And <laughs> unnecessary. There's actually a lot of really rude shit that happens in this book, but um, I want to see that. What if? That yeah, that would that would be pretty interesting. Um, another another offhand note. Um, I really loved Cap and uh, Palladium being objectified in their new spandex oh, or without clothes. It. That was so funny. <laughs> that uh, listen spoke to my heart. <laughs> it's that it, it, I felt like this, this these issues were just like it was a nice twist in a in a change. It felt the men were in peril and the women had to kind of rescue them in this case, um, which was which was definitely cool to see. I I really enjoyed that part of it. It was a nice like a nice twist on what those old comics normally are. Yeah, and then uh, I forgot who it was, but they kept saying, Cap, so you're not even going to say thank you? And eventually he does say thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Dude, don't be rude. They just saved you. <laughs> Captain America <laughs> dick till the end. Because <laughs> he said he, they didn't have time for it. I'm like, in the time that it took you to say that you didn't have time for it, you, you really could have just said thank, thank you. You. <laughs> <laughs> you really could have said thank you. And um, to kind of just put this uh, put this issue to bed, um would you is there do we see more of Superia going forward was was there more of her I think we get one more appearance don't ask me what it is but it's not a lot at all because I actually wrote a piece about her um in a um what is it she is not your hero series uh where we just pretty much celebrated villains because again Mm -hmm. I like cry so um no I think it's just this and like maybe one or two other appearances and that's it so if I were to have ever written a Marvel book, I might bring her back in some capacity. Yeah, I think she's a really like legitimately fascinating character, and I think it's one that that definitely has legs. Um, I, I I would love to see that for sure, for sure. And um, yeah, and with that, that's that's a uh, Captain America three eighty seven to three ninety two. Check it out when you get a chance. Uh, the, the Superior Stratagem. Uh, six parts. Um, check it out. It, 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 it's, it's definitely different than what you're used to. Now, I kind of wanted to use the second half of the show to not only uh, make my pick for for next for next time, but I'm also talk about some of the stuff that's uh, happened recently with Marvel Studios. Uh, Black Widow, we find we find out today, got delayed again. It it has been delayed till May of next year. Uh, Shang Chi will now be in July of next year, and the Eternals will now be in November of next year. 
Um, I think a lot of people were hoping for Black Widow to be on Disney Plus, but I think after what happened with Mulan um, and all of the the pirating and and everything like that, um, I think all of these studios are going to try their hardest to make sure that people can go to theaters before they release their blockbuster movies because they have to make that bank with all of these big budgets. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll be fascinating to see what they do going forward with that. And then, of course, the other thing uh, that happened over the, the past couple of days is on Sunday night, we got a trailer for WandaVision, um, which uh, myself, Jake, Jerome, and Nitz talked about last week. We talked about WandaVision and now that we're finding out that we're going to get it at the end of the year, uh, not sure when yet. They're keeping that uh, a surprise for the time being. But the trailer itself was was illuminating in, in its uh, minute and twenty seconds. I thought um, I thought there was just there was a lot to take from it. There's a lot of there's a lot of vibes, um, House of M vibes, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, Steph, uh, you have the floor. What what did you, what did you take out of the trailer? What 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 stood out to you? I love that they're leaning into the weird and the absurd. It looks like, and you absolutely have to do that with a character like Wanda. Um, historically, Marvel has not been very good with magic, and I mean, I'm talking more so with the the comics because uh, it's very science based sometimes. Um, so anyway, the fact that they're it looks like they're like really leaning into the magic's part pretty hard is something that stood out to me. Uh, Agatha Harkness showed up. So that means that we're absolutely going to get some mess and maybe even Wanda uh, getting pregnant. And then either those children being taken away like they were in the books or just something happening where um, she does not have her children anymore. And that's how we get her in uh, Doctor Strange too. So, I, I'm looking for, oh, and of course, Monica Rambeau. So at first I was thinking that maybe time displaced or from another dimension, but it sounds like she works with S.W.O.R.D. and was, I guess that's her her beat or whatever, so she's actually getting thrown out of the perimeter that they set around the, I guess, town that um, Wanda's in, because I think it's West Westchester. Which, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, and like that reminded me of the first and second um, Wanda, I mean not Wanda Vision, but Vision in the Scarlet Witch um, miniseries. So, if that is the case, then we are in for a really good time. Listen, I there are a lot of um, MCU uh, side characters showing up in this uh, Agent Park we have in this uh, from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Darcy from the Thor movies, she'll be back uh, working for S.W.O.R.D. In, in this scenario as well. There's a lot of just really fun vibes. And if there, and if Feige is doing what I think he's doing and just straight up going source material in, in Phase 4 and uh, trying to do stuff like that, then I think WandaVision might end up being one of the best things that they've ever done. Cause it, and everybody who's um, been tangentially associated with the show people who've kind of heard about it in passing when we talk about producers or writers say that what they've heard is that it's pretty mind-blowing and i think it's more than the six episodes that they said i think it was gonna be like eight or nine so okay so we're kind of in for a treat with that um i'm looking forward to seeing how they explain 
uh, not only Vision being dead, but I'm assuming them putting him back together again. I think that's going to be a story going on. It should, because in the books, um, his body is destroyed, but his consciousness um, is kind of like backed up and placed into a new body, but he has no... Um, like all those human emotions and connections that he had, they're gone. And that has a very serious effect on his marriage with Wanda. And again, you know, if they have these kids and the kids keep disappearing because you later find out that Wanda is, you know, actually just willed them into existence. And whenever she breaks concentration, they disappear. And that's how Agatha finds out. And we get Avengers disassembled. So. Um, I am looking forward to this because if they're going to lean into that, I'm we're in for a really good time. Absolutely, and and I think the other thing, and you mentioned the kids. Um, so those kids, it seems like for sure they're setting up Young Avengers for the future. That seems to be what N three is going to be about now with Kang involved, and uh, I'm thinking Vision and Wanda's children are going to play a factor in that. And I'm assuming that her reality bending powers will allow them, plus the Doctor Strange movie and uh, what happens in that, will allow them to grow up to be teenagers by a, by a certain point. You already have Ant-Man's daughter being a teenager. Um, and um, I think we're going to get Miss America um, in, in Doctor Strange. So there's a lot of Young Avengers vibes um, rolling in, and I think there's definitely setting up two different stories. As I spoke about last week, it feels like they're doing, they're doing the ground-oriented story that Black Widow and the Thunderbolts uh, with General Ross. He's going to start setting up his team there, and that'll continue through Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then you have this space-time weird stuff that we're going to get with WandaVision, Doctor Strange, Loki, which has started filming again. Uh, Loki is allegedly supposed to be having um, Kang the Conqueror appear in that, and that kind of makes sense after the Avengers messed with time in Endgame, and now time will be messing with them back now that Kang uh, the Conqueror has been cast. Jonathan Majors, as we mentioned. Um, I should ask you, Steph, what do you think about Jonathan Majors in this role? I love it. Um, I hate that he might be blue the whole time, but you know what? I don't give a damn, because <laughs> I'm happy that... <laughs> like, I hate to say that, but listen, I, too, get frustrated and irritated when an actor of color is cast in a role which basically makes them get like physically colored with other paint or whatever. So I'm, I hate it, but also don't care because we're getting Jonathan Majors in the MCU. So it's fine. Yeah. And I think it's with, not fine, but it's fine. <laughs> and, I, and I think with, with a particular villain like Kang, um, I tried to give a little bit of a background last week. Um, if you had to describe Kang and who he is and what his uh, what his wants and needs are a character as, how would you describe him? I would describe him as the DMX song, X Gonna Give It To You, because it's exactly what it is. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I'm so looking forward to his appearance. I've been kind of waiting for him to show up and kind of wreak havoc for a while now. And now that they're getting him, it's going to be really, really fun. Um, I'm trying to think, what else? is there anything else to, uh, related to WandaVision? I guess, so, Loki, Loki's gonna start filming again, and I think they're gonna have the Time Variance Authority, uh, play a big role in it, as 
I guess they're trying to fix time or something along those lines. I think that's what the story is about. Um, I've always felt like Loki's appearances kind of waned a little bit and I was cool with his story ending in Infinity War and then when they decided to give him his own show I was a little like huh I don't know how this is gonna go but now that the idea is that it will be related to uh WandaVision uh loosely and more so related to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness uh, what do you think about Loki? Since I think there's a good chance we might see that um, after WandaVision and before Black Widow. Um, I mean, I'm not opposed to the show. I mean, I did ask myself, like, why are we doing this? But I get it because that character got very popular after um, his introduction and in what was at the first Thor. So, um, I mean, I think it could be good. I'm interested to see how he how they're going to fit him into Doctor Strange and WandaVision and, like, what role he plays. So um, I'm curious to see, like, what they do with that. Yeah, it's... Yeah, him as a character, and especially because it's not... Remember, it's Loki from the original Avengers is the, is the one that stole the Tesseract and disappeared. Um, just, so, just so people know who watch for going forward... So it's not it's not the same Loki who had the very uh very uh not not necessarily heartbreaking death scene, but like it was a it was a pretty good good death scene um at the the outset of Infinity War. So it'll be interesting to see this character's motivations as opposed to that one, which it felt like his story was complete. But now we have a little bit more of um the reckless and still kind of angry Loki. So that'll that'll be interesting to see going forward. And finally um, I have to make a pick for our next show, and um, yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna go full. We're going full House of M. We're gonna re- we're gonna read it. We're gonna reread. Well, you, in your case, reread it. Um, in uh, in my case, um, really like go through it and absorb it. Um, I'm sorry. So. It's just funny because um, if I do read it again, it will be, I kid you not, my seventh time reading it all the way through this year. Just this year alone. Oh, wow. Which, yeah. And it's, I've read it that many times for uh, clearly work reasons, but it's just funny because now I damn near know that all eight issues by heart. So this oh. is going to be fun. Yeah, definitely for sure. I'm looking forward to kind of uh, uh, talking about that and seeing how it'll relate to what uh, Marvel Studios is going to try and do with WandaVision. It's going to be really fascinating. Uh, Definitely looking forward to it. Uh, Stephanie, where can we follow you? Where can we find your work? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steph underscore I underscore Will. Um, There's a link in my bio to everything that I'm working on. Uh, Maybe, no, not by the time you listen to this, but maybe two weeks from now or so. I actually have um, a piece that will be coming out on Marvel.com that I'm looking forward to. I can't say what it is, but if you follow me long enough, then you might have a good idea of what it's about. Oh, awesome. Looking forward looking forward to reading that for sure. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at ACSpotlight95. Um, you can go back and listen to last week's show if you haven't yet. 
kind of covered basically every all of the news and notes that's uh, been happening lately. Um, really had some fun dialogue. Uh, shout out to the team for for that one, Jake, Jerome, Nitz in, in, in this in this last episode. And um, yeah, of course, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Um, follow the show on Twitter at MC University Pod. Um, and uh, yeah, Steph and I next time we will be taking a trip into the weird we'll be taking a trip into the mind of wanda maximoff and for for stephanie williams i'm anthony canton the third this has been marvel did what we will talk to you next time